Hello and welcome to the Richard Hunter interview. As ever, this is the place where I'll be discussing matters of interest with a whole range of investment experts. In this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Joe Curtis, Fund Manager of the City of London Investment Trust. Job is a portfolio manager at Janice Henderson Investors, a position he has held since 2006. He's managed the City of London Investment Trust since 1991 and is also co-manager of the Global Equity Income Strategy. Job joined Henderson in 1992 following Henderson's acquisition of Two Shremnants, where he had served as a unit trust and investment trust manager since 1987. Prior to this, he was an assistant fund manager at Cornhill Insurance from 1985 to 87 and a graduate trainee at Greaves and Grant Stockbrokers from 1983 to 85. Job holds an MA in philosophy, politics and economics from Oxford University. He's an associate member of the Society of Investment Professionals and has 38 years of financial industry experience. So in terms of the City of London Investment Trust, could we perhaps kick off by you running us through the objectives and the strategy of the trust? Well, the objective of the trust is to grow shareholders' income and capital over the long term. And the strategy we really adopt is a sort of valuation-driven one. And we run a fairly conservative portfolio, which doesn't outperform in every single year, but puts together good long-term performance. And we're aiming for consistency in the way we go about it. And we're mainly investing through large cap companies, UK-listed companies, who at least 80% in the London UK-listed stocks. Those, a lot of those stocks are very international but, you know, by nature. Sure, the, the geographical allocations these days tend to be somewhat misleading on occasion because of where they actually do their business. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you you know, you have international mining companies listed in the London Stock Exchange, which are completely global, you know, sell very little to the UK. So with that in mind, what are the sort of sector weightings of the trust, Joe? Well, we have a fairly diversified portfolio, so we, we don't have, like, have all our eggs in one basket. We have got miners and, and oil companies, but two areas where, which are, we're particularly heavy on are consumer staples. These are the people who make sort of everyday goods, and that's a kind of good, solid base for an income portfolio. And it includes you know, companies like Diageo, BAT and Unilever, which are very big holdings, but also the supermarkets, Tesco and William Morrison, which has just been taken over. We're all in that kind of part of our portfolio. So we've got about 20% in consumer staples. And another area we quite like of financials, we think something the UK does well. And we think our insurance companies and financial services companies are really quite cheap relative to what you'd have to pay elsewhere in the world. So, I mean, we have got some banks, but it's mainly the kind of insurance, life insurance, financial service area where we're overweight and we have about 20% in that part of the portfolio as well. So do you think, to put some colour on that, you could talk us through in a bit more detail, perhaps, one or two of your top holdings at the moment? Well, yes, um, currently Diageo is our biggest holding of all and kind of was a conglomeration of uh, various British companies that to go a long way back. But it's emerged, it's the biggest spirits company in the world. You know, I mean, it's got famous brands like Johnny Walker Whiskey and, and Smirnoff Vodka. And it's not just the, the biggest in, in the world. I think it's actually one Chinese one. If you exclude China, it's the biggest in, in the Western world. But it's also the biggest in the United States, which is about 40% of their business. And I think they've been particularly skillful because they weren't actually particularly strong in tequila. And they've actually grown that part of the business through partly through acquisition. And then they're now the biggest by value in tequila in, in the US, which is the, the fastest growing spirit brand in the US and is a very good place to be. So I think it's a high, really high quality company, which is, you know, it's global, gives you exposure to emerging markets as well. So that's one I like. And then RELX or Relics, used to be called Reed Elsevier. 
Uh, it's in the top five. And this is another very high quality company. It basically provides kind of information to professionals and scientists. I mean, its biggest division is science technology. And that is an essential tool for scientists working. And in addition, it's very big in risk, both insurance and other types of risk like sort of verifying identities and finally it's got a legal business and you know it's either world number one or world number two in its its areas and it's got a very good record of pounding consistent growth so which over time compounds into very powerful shareholder returns so it's it's I think a very high quality company and um, I'm very pleased to see it in our top five. Just as a slight aside, Joe, we, we speak to a number of fund managers, obviously, each with his or her views on the world, but it, it's actually um, relatively unusual for mentions of mining stocks and indeed oil companies to come up uh, within the portfolio. Obviously, you've got a, a rather more bullish view on prospects, presumably. Well, I mean, the mining stocks actually have been very good over the last year, particularly they've had some very good dividends and the iron ore price has been way higher than people were expecting. So it's been a good area to be in and perform very well. And more recently, the oil sector has performed extremely well. I mean, obviously, you know, there's an energy transition carrying on medium term, but in the short term, as we all know, the oil and gas price has shot up and the oil companies are very well placed to benefit. So, um, I mean, it was very disappointing 18 months ago when Shell and BP cut their dividends. Uh, you know, they are now recovering quite nicely and, and the macro environment's much better for them. So I'm very pleased I've got, and we're actually underrepresented for market average in oil and slightly in mining, but I'm very pleased I've got some exposure to it for sure. So in terms of those very concise descriptions of a couple of stocks, what sort of things are you generally speaking looking for in specific stocks, whether that be quality, value, dividend yield? Well, I am valuation driven. I think it's a mistake in the long run to overpay for stocks. But I'm really looking for decent dividend yield and growth. Yield on its own is, is not enough. You need to also have the growth. So you need companies that can generate enough cash both to pay their dividends and also to invest enough for the medium term. So what I try and avoid is to be in kind of what's called value traps companies which are paying out a big dividend and uh, which they can't really afford. And they often be quite poor investments. But if you that mixture of decent yield uh, and a reasonable valuation, a range of other valuation factors, and the growth is, um, I, I think, the sweet spot for me. And, and those sort of companies are quite high quality, actually, cash-oriented companies. I mean, they, they tend to protect you better in a down market. So I would, I mean, the quality is a sort of subjective notion in some respects, but I, I would say um, the stocks in our portfolio are, are good quality and they generate cash in, in whole and, and pay a decent dividend yield. Obviously, you've had a, a quite extraordinary last 18 months or so going into sort of coming in and out of the pandemic and many of the restrictions now having been eased, and obviously we realise how choppy and volatile markets have been during that period. How have you found that the trust has coped in that quite extraordinary period? Well, I've been managing City London for 30 years, and I thought I'd seen it all, but how long could I be in the pandemic? And I mean, particularly from our point of view, the number of dividend cuts was just extraordinary. And the FTSE 100, some 30, would dividends are down to 35%. And you go outside the FTSE, dividends are down over 50% in, in 2020. Now, that was really quite tough. And I think the great thing is we had, we at City London increased our dividend. We had our dividend reserves. And this is one of the unique benefits of the investor trust structure. That in the good years, you can put some of the surplus income into a reserve. And then when a rainy day comes, which it really was in 2020, you can use that reserve to keep the dividend growing. So we've managed to keep our dividend growing. I'm very pleased that actually there's been a big recovery of dividends across the market. And in our portfolio now, only about 0.5% of stocks aren't paying a dividend. I mean, almost everything has come back to the dividend list. I had to make a few changes, of course, at the time, but it, 
it's a much healthier picture. But it, I think that everybody had an extraordinary experience. I mean, the whole concept of being locked into your house, not curtailed from what you could do is, is, is quite, quite extraordinary. I don't think we'd ever thought of that before, but it's been a big, extraordinary period for everybody. It's certainly from a point of an income investor. It, was, it wasn't easy for a few months, but we were helped by the investor trust structure, of course. And did you find yourself making a lot of changes to the portfolio, not only in terms of when the market was dipping and potentially providing a buying opportunity, but when you, as you mentioned, also had half an eye on the income side as well? Well, I had to reduce in, in some areas like, um, you know, travel and leisure where, you know, there are kind of obviously medium-term recovery prospects, but I could see that the recovery is going to be much slower and the companies weren't in any position to pay dividends. It's not like Carnival Cruise Company we, we sold, which, um, you know, I'm sure they'll recover in the end, but they've had to raise a lot of new equity and debt and they're a long way off paying dividends as far as I can see. And I did um, bolster some of our, those areas I talked about previously, like the consumer staples. I mean, I was buying Morrison's and Tesco's and also, um, you know, some of the financial sectors which I think where the dividends in both the staples and financials, the dividends continue to be paid with the exception of the banks, of course. Uh, so I, you know, I, I did I did make some changes inevitably. And in oil, I did switch some shell into Total, the French national major, which didn't cut its dividend and has has got less debt than, than shells. So, so I was pleased to do that. They'd be still holding a shell, but slightly less exposure. So with that in mind, Joe, how do you see the the current situation, not only in terms of your positioning, but difficult question though it is, of course. What's your kind of outlook from here? Well, I think we obviously had a remarkable recovery, you know, from the lows, and and we've had a very heavy policy stimulus, you know, rock bottom interest rates, Bank of England buying bonds like the other central banks, and then the government with the furlough scheme, and you know, so lots of fiscal help given. So, but I think that. You know, we've had the easy stage of recovery. GDP is almost back to where it was pre-pandemic. And you know, inflation has begun, begun to rise. I and mean, it's partly because of energy prices going up. But um, there are other factors as well. Um, you know, wages are, are going up. And some, as we know, some sectors are kind of very short of, of labor, you know, like um, truck drivers. So inflation is heading up, not just in the UK, but in other countries. So I think the policy stimulus, now that the economy has recovered to a large extent, you know, is going to be withdrawn. And um, I mean, the interest rates are at rock bottom levels at the moment. But I, I think the Bank of England certainly seems to be guiding to the fact that they're going to start to move up again. So I think this kind of macro side is tougher, you know, there's more headwinds. And you could argue that the kind of easy part of recovery has already happened. But having said that, you know, I think UK equities are looking terrific value in the rest of the world. I mean, if you look at our companies, I mean, obviously, we don't have the big technology companies like the American Index has. But if you look at our companies on a like-for-like basis, um, they do look cheap compared to other countries. And that's why other markets, that's why we're getting so many takeovers for UK stocks, which is in some respects sad to see. But I think, you know, I look at the portfolio of City of London full of UK stocks. It looks extremely good value, in my opinion. And, and you know, I think the market generally is, is good value. So, and companies are in a much better condition as um, yeah, almost all companies are back on the dividend list. And um, and quite a few companies took a time in the pandemic actually to sort of improve their indebtedness. So I think companies in a good position. I think the economy is not grinding to halt. I think this with the kind of rapid recovery phase has, has kind of ended. And um, it's more of a kind of more of a sort of normal slow chug in terms of growth. But I think I think it will continue to grow. Um, there's a lot of consumers, a lot of cash hasn't been able to spend money on overseas holidays. So there's a lot of pent up consumer demand out back there still to, to help stimulate. So you know I think it, it, it's a bit tougher going forward. But I think uh, but I'm very encouraged by the value on offer in the UK equity markets. So you know I'm cautiously optimistic. And presumably, just going on some of the stocks that you've mentioned already, there's a, almost an element of defensiveness there. Should we 
it's some choppier economic waters. Yes, I mean, our portfolio is, has a defensive bias. I mean, that's undoubtedly true. I probably haven't benefited. Portfolio hasn't benefited as much as some funds from kind of like mid and small cap doing very well recently and, and some of the kind of recovery plays. I mean, the, the sort of stops that form the core of our portfolio didn't actually have as much to recover from. I mean, they sort of were able to kind of carry on, you know, make profits and pay the dividends through the height of the pandemic. So they've obviously benefited less from, from the recovery since the vaccines were discovered last or announced they were last November. So, but I think if we do, if we do hit a sort of air pocket, I would expect overall our, our portfolio would be defensive in that type of situation. Fascinating uh, times that we're in. Unfortunately, that's all we've uh, got time for. So many thanks again for your time, Joe, for those valuable insights. Uh, and thank you for listening and watching. Please feel free to like and subscribe. And of course, you can find much more, by the way, of investment insight and ideas at iii.co.uk. I'll be back next Tuesday with another Richard Hunter interview. Bye for now.